Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. This episode is all about securing travel advice from locals. We'll start in West Sonoma County in the town of Guerneville, where Chef Krista Lutke shares her favorite spots to go for tasty food, world-class wine, and fresh air fun. It's, you know, on the river. It's close to all the wineries. It's 20 miles uh, to the ocean. You know, it just, it has all these amazing things, especially for someone who's an outdoor lover and a wine lover and a food lover. After that, we'll head south to Santa Barbara, where Tara Jones-Hoff has the inside scoop on all the best places to explore, as well as the best vantage points for taking fantastic photos. Santa Barbara is just so unbelievably beautiful. It's everything that you want a beach town to look like, and the people are incredibly friendly as well. And Alexia de la Parra tells us where to go in San Diego's North Park neighborhood, a must-visit neighborhood in a must-visit destination. That's all coming up on California Now. My next guest can point you to a lot of hot spots in Guerneville in Sonoma County because she created many of them. You may recognize Chef Krista Lutke as the two-time champion of Guy's Grocery Games or from the documentary Empire on Main Street. She's also a hotelier and the person you want to talk to for a local's recommendations in and around Guerneville. Welcome to California Now, Krista. Hey, thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure. Well, thank you. So to start out, Tell us the story of how you first fell in love with Guerneville. Well, funny enough, um, my very first visit out here was in the in the late '90s uh, with my first ever girlfriend when I moved to San Francisco, and uh, I, I just was amazed by the place. It was beautiful. I'd never seen trees like this before. You know, uh, the river running through it. It was just a magical place. And then, for you know, many seasons thereafter, I came up you know, to camp or to stay or to wine taste and just sort of fell in love with the place. So it wasn't until, you know, maybe almost a decade from my first ever trip that I decided to make this place home. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't ask for a more magical place to be. So I feel very lucky. Yeah, no, it is gorgeous. And, you know, as we record this in early September, Armstrong Woods is still closed, but that redwood-filled jewel is a big part of Guerneville's appeal, right? Oh my God, such a big part. And I tell you, my heart still aches. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I literally probably spent four days a week. That was sort of my, that's my gym, if you will, the wilderness mm. gym. I would, you know, go there for, clear my head, get a great workout, you know, walk with friends, take the dogs. And so, yeah, we're, we're anxiously awaiting its reopening. Um, in the meantime, however, there's still so much beauty out here, but we miss it every day. And, and it's literally, you know, a mile and a half from the entrance of my Boone Hotel, which was my very first baby up here. So, right. Hopefully it'll open soon. Yes. And I, and I imagine that, that the fact that Guerneville is so close to San Francisco, that must have, you know, just factored into, you know, when you were deciding to, that it was time for a change of pace, but you still wanted to be close to the city. Um, I mean, Guerneville was just kind of like a natural fit. It was, you know, it's funny. I, you know, people always ask me like, how did you land in Guerneville? And I say, so I, I had criteria, right? I, I wanted to be within two hours of the Bay Area because I really wanted to capture Bay Area clientele. I wanted to be in wine country and I wanted it to be somewhere that was affordable, that I didn't need to seek out investors. I really kind of wanted to bootstrap, you know, this project on my own. And so many places were sort of out of reach for me just financially. And I thought, what about Guerneville? You know, it's got so much character. It's it's, you know, on the river, it's close to all the wineries, it's, you know, 
20 miles uh, to the ocean. You know, it just, it has all these amazing things, especially for someone who's an outdoor lover and a wine lover and a food lover. And, you know, kind of all signs just pointed to Guerneville. And I, you know, I'm so glad I did it. It certainly made a pros and cons list of, you know, where should I go and why? And, um, and I'm glad I landed here. It's just, it's been such a blessing. Yeah, it's like the perfect spot. And, you know, the area, I mean, Guerneville itself is, is uh, an LGBTQ destination as well. And you're a vocal part of that community. I'm, uh, that must also be something that is very comforting. It is. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it, what I love about it is this community is so open and it's seen so many colorful changes through its past. Right. You know, in the 50s, it was very much like this huge uh, summer destination for San Francisco Bay Area families to come up. Um, and then, you know, in, in the sixties and the seventies, all the hippies were here and there was, you know, the Grateful Dead performed here all the time. And, and then the gays really started to kind of claim it as their destination in the eighties. And so just to, to see the evolution, but also just the rich history, um, that's created such a beautiful tapestry here. And it just, it makes for such a welcoming community, no matter what, you know, your orientation, whatever your pronoun is, whatever age, you know, range you are like Guerneville is just this beautiful melting pot that's still really kind of quirky it's you kind of still feel like you're transported a little bit into the past but with some modern edges which is what i love absolutely i've been there and it's a wonderful place um so so once you moved to guerneville you kind of proceeded to put your stamp on it talk to us a little bit about that evolution yeah you know it's funny it's like i moved here literally as the market was crashing right so i had my home in san francisco it's the top of 2007 the market is starting to tank and i sold my house and then bought a hotel and thought what the hell did i do (laughs) um You know, and I just was like, oh, my God, did I make this huge mistake? I thought, you know, listen, I'm, I'm resilient. I'm young enough. Like, I'll figure this out. And so I started with my boutique hotel in 2008. And, um, you know, as I was getting that up and running, I thought, you know, gosh, I really still want to have a restaurant. And so in <laughs> 2009, I opened um, Boone Eat and Drink Restaurant, which was, you know, my baby and, and still is. It's just this bustling little, you know, California bistro. And um that was sort of like where things tipped for me. And I thought, man, this is, this is going to be something. And in 2014, I opened El Barrio Bar, which is my tequila mezcal bar. And then uh, most recently opened um, Brot in, in 2019, which is my German concept, which is an homage to my upbringing in, in the Midwest in Wisconsin. Both parents are German. And I'm, I absolutely love it. It's been such a fun project. And then Literally just in June, I uh, partnered with a, a guy and bought the Highlands Resort. So I so I now have two little boutique hotels. So it's uh, so yeah. you literally have an empire there. <laughs> <laughs> They're not kidding when they say empire on Main Street. Well, funny enough, I, I sort of say to people, um, I'm sort of in a in a weird way, kind of uh, selfishly curating the town with all the things that I want, so that I don't have to leave. I mean, it's just such a fun <laughs> little space. Like now, I have the bar I want to go to. I've got two really great restaurants and you know, two, two small hotels and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. So, so let's talk specifically about a couple of the places that you started. Let's focus on Boone Hotel and Spa. Uh, for listeners who've never been, what's the experience there? Uh, it's awesome. It's, it's like such a Zen, like adult retreat feels very much like there's a little slice of Palm Springs that's been plopped amongst the redwoods. We always have sun. It's 14 little beautiful, um, cabins, that are restored from the 50s and 60s. It was an old miners camp. There used to be a, 
a Quicksilver Mercury mine down the road uh, on mm-hmm. your way to the Armstrong Woods. And so we did a lot of renovations, beautiful sailing pool and hot tub, nice area to play, you know, bocce or some lawn games. We've got a couple of glamping tents. It's just, it's a really zen kind of hip fun vibe. We have a uh, an honor bar. So you can kind of you can make your own cocktails and hang by the pool all day, beautiful fire pit. It's, you know, what I love about it is like all these guests with like-minded ideas um, all sort of find themselves collecting around the pool area and it becomes this cool little hub, social hmm. hub. And it's just really awesome to see. That's really cool. And I, I'd also love to talk to you about your German restaurant, Brot, that you mentioned. Um, what inspired you to bring bratwurst and schnitzel to Redwood country? I wanted there to be sort of an experience that you like, you feel like you've been transported to somewhere else when you come to Brot. Mm, like mm-hmm. you feel like you're in this like bustling, fun Berlin eatery. And, mm. uh, you know, it, sometimes people I think get frightened away, like, Oh, I don't know if I like German food. And then they're like, Oh, schnitzel, you know, <laughs> bratwurst. Yeah, what's, what's not to like. Yeah. <laughs> what's not to love. So what's one or two things on the menu that you're especially proud of? Ooh, at, at Brot. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that I, I feel people will really love it and you don't get is sauerbraten. You know, it's such a traditional mm-hmm. German, you know, we, we marinate our beef. So describe for, that for know. people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, not your grandma's short ribs, but your German grandma's short ribs. Uh, so, <laughs> so we marinate a beautiful, uh, boneless short ribs for about five to seven days in a wine and vinegar, ginger, juniper berry. Um, and then we braise it slow and low for at least five hours. And then that's served mm. over either mashed potatoes with uh, homemade quark, which is like a, a bright, uh, thick yogurt or sour cream, if you will. Um, and braised red cabbage, which is super delicious, or over, uh, you know, traditional spätzle, which is your German pasta or dumplings. Um, so that that's one I think if if you're coming for something, you know, authentic, that's absolutely delicious. But yeah. I would be remiss to say um, that I, I, you know, the schnitzel's incredible, and uh, mm. because I do sometimes, uh, I sometimes do things selfishly. Uh, the, the schnitzel is gluten-free. Um, so, oh, really? so for folks who, you know, generally crave these things and don't get to have them because they're often glutinous, uh, we use, mm-hmm. uh, rice flour and garbanzo flour for our dredge. So it's delicious and, uh, and a little bit guilt-free. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's really amazing. Now, now you are an established authority on the region and I'm guessing that people are always asking you for recommendations. I mean, you're right by the Russian river. What kind of fun do you like to have on the water? Oh, gosh. I mean, we just went out the other night and uh, kayaked at the mouth of the river out in Jenner, and it was just stunning, you know, like getting out there before sunset and being out there with all the wildlife and the sea life was, you know, we had otters, you know, or or sea lions swimming around us and all these beautiful pelicans. Mm. It was really quite fantastic. Um, So love to get out and kayak. Um, Big hiker. So spending some time even out at the coast at the Jenner Preserve, doing hikes out there, and then finishing strong with uh, some oysters and a glass of bubbles at the river's <laughs> end uh, is a great way that we often spend you know, a weekend, day or night. Mm-hmm. Um, some other really great hikes in, in and around Duncan's Mills, um, which are really fun, called Islands in the Sky and the Full Monty. You know, sometimes I hate to say these things because I like don't want to give away all the local secrets, but... I also right, want to right. share the the beauty of this place because it's just so special. Right. So talk about talk about some of those secret spots in a little more detail. Yeah. What, so, what are people experiencing? Um, you know, everybody's had to get a little creative given that Armstrong Woods is closed. And so um, most of us have been 
hiking out in what we call freeze out Canyon near Duncan's mills on this tiny, tiny little back road. And there's a beautiful hike there that that's open to the public. And it's called um, the islands in the sky hike. And then it loops around into what is called the full Monty, or you can just do the full loop. Um, And when you get up there, if you get a clear day, you'll see all the way out to the coast and the ocean. It's just breathtaking. And you'll see, you can see like where the river kind of just dies into it. Uh, So those are some of our favorites. Also, a lot of people don't know about the Jenner Preserve, which is a Mm -hmm. lovely hike out at the coast and also one where dogs are are welcome. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, bring their pets out here. And uh, there's many, many parks, including Armstrong, where you really can't take your dogs on trails. So you can out there. So that's a great little you know, kept secret. Um, and then, you know, in terms of kayaking, you know, again, one of our favorite spots to sort of beat the crowds is to take the kayaks out to Jenner. Uh, there's a great little parking lot right there next to Cafe Aquatica, which is great for music and food. Yeah, that's really great. Okay. So getting back to like food and drink, mm-hmm. aside from your own places, what are some spots around town that you like to recommend? Totally. Um, so just sort of like literally right here in town, um, we often on, on Mondays and Tuesdays, kind of off nights, we'll head over to the Rionito Roadhouse and, you know, super great food, burgers. Uh, they often have specials, ribs, that sort of thing, or the Russian River Pub, kind of the same thing. Um, just fun. I would call it sort of like the locals hangout. If I'm going fancy, we'll make the, you know, make the drive, you know, north towards Healdsburg and then to go see our friends at, at Single Thread, which is three Michelin. <laughs> Uh, but if you want sort of the, the best secret in the culinary game, that that is the one. It's a, an unbelievable culinary experience all around. It's just, you know, they grow all their own produce. It's very much done in the Japanese style of, of cooking. And Kyle and Katina, husband and wife team, have just built an amazing, amazing restaurant. So I highly encourage anyone who's got the budget for that to check it out. But um I mean, we've actually had them. They've been guests on the podcast. So um, it's great to hear that you love them as well. Yeah, they've become good friends. Uh, we've shared employees and 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 stories and produce and, and all the things over the last several years. So we've actually become quite close friends. Uh, are there any others that you'd like to, you know, call out? Yeah. I mean, if again, locally or if you're making the trip out to the coast, um, River's End is a huge favorite of ours, either for, you know, just grabbing a drink to see it's the best place to see a sunset out here. So that would be my other secret is, you know, go for a hike or just drive out there at the end of the day, grab, you know, some oysters, some bubbles, nice glass of wine, sit on their deck that overlooks, you know, the Russian river that basically dead ends into the ocean. It's, it's such a magical place. Um, and those guys are, are dear, dear friends of ours. Uh, if you make a loop and you head down towards Bodega Bay, we love Fishitarian. It's super easy, um, you know, sort of order at the window. They call your name. You sit out on picnic tables, like right there on the bay in Bodega. Um, that's another huge favorite for us. And Spud Point. Um, is another one of our favorites when we go out to the bodega head for a hike we'll grab Mm -hmm. crab sandwiches and chowder at spud point Uh, super delicious often a a line so go before you're starving so you don't Mm. get mad at one another (laughs) don't get hangry yeah you don't want to get hangry (laughs) exactly exactly um and then you know if you're heading north one of our favorite things to do too is go up to timber cove um there's beautiful just sort of hikes right at their property it's a hotel property that has a lovely restaurant as well um, and a stop off at the historic Fort Ross site is is also really sweet, um, especially if you've got kids, too. There's some really great history and the kids can see, you know, the cannons and the, and the old Fort Ross point out there, which is really lovely. 
Gosh, and there's there, there sounds like there's so much to do, and we haven't even hit on like wine tasting. I, I mean, know. <laughs> there's tons of options uh, for wine tasting um, as well as distilleries. Can you share a few of your favorites? Yeah, so I, you know, sometimes I head north and sometimes I head south. So when I'm heading south, um, my favorite stops are to hit Iron Horse for Bubbles, which I love, and it's just such a beautiful, beautiful um, location. And then you know, you can kind of hit a handful of things all at once um, in the Barlow. I love packs and. And all of what Pax does with his wines. So Pax Molly wines are beautiful. He's right in the Barlow and, and in there is also Spirit Works Distillery. So that's a really fun day. You can check a lot of boxes hitting, you know, wineries and distilleries and restaurants all in there. Um, and then another sort of very small boutique one um, here in West County, Rhyme, which is a husband and wife team, Ryan and Megan. Hmm. And they're right in Forestville, which is, you know, literally five, 10 minutes from, from Guerneville. Um, when I head north, a couple of my favorites, Porter Creek, which is biodynamic and super little boutique real good friends of ours. Um, Flowers, if you want sort of a culinary and wine tasting experience, is just breathtaking. If you're into architecture and design at all, you have mm-hmm, to go. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. Um, and then for more of like farm and rustic winery, Preston is you know, hands down a a huge favorite, but definitely a bit further north, probably, you know, 40 minutes more into Dry Creek, but just spectacular. Sounds like it. Well, Krista, this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Thanks so much for having me. I've I've had a great time and I've got more secrets, but well, that'll be for next time. For next time, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) When she's not busy appearing on shows like Guy's Ranch Kitchen, Krista Lutke is a serial entrepreneur in Guerneville. Find her on Instagram at Chef Krista Ludke. The last name is L-U-E-D-T-K-E. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. There are two essentials for any California vacation, enjoying delicious food and outdoor spaces. You'll find both in Irvine, which has the most open space in all of Orange County, with a third of the city set aside for outdoor recreation. Irvine's parks and acres and acres of permanently preserved open spaces rank among the best in the nation, making it a premier destination for hikers and mountain bikers. And if you're a bird watcher, you have to visit the San Joaquin Marsh and Wildlife Sanctuary, home to a hundred species of birds. And after your outdoor excursion, check out Irvine's culinary scene, where you can sample delicacies from China, Taiwan, Japan, Vietnam, and others. Taste fresh dumplings from the self-described cheapest Michelin-starred meal, Hong Kong's Tim Ho Wan, where nothing costs more than $6. Or savor Korean-inspired food featuring flavorful Southern California ingredients at Urban Soul. Whatever you're craving, Irvine is the place for fresh food and fresh air. To plan your visit, check out DestinationIrvine.com. Again, that's DestinationIrvine.com. When you're checking out a new destination, it's a good idea to sample the tasty bites the locals know and love. For nearly a decade now, my next guest has made it her work to help folks visiting Santa Barbara know where to find delicious food and how to get great photos to share online, too. Tara Jones-Hoff runs the tour company Eat This, Shoot That. She's here to tell us what's great about experiencing Santa Barbara dining like a local. Welcome to California Now, Tara. Hi, thanks for having me. 
So let's start with your connection to Santa Barbara. You first showed up there for school, right? Uh, what s- stuck out early on and, and what made it a place you wanted to stay? Oh my gosh, yes. I came here for school in 2001 and Santa Barbara is just so unbelievably beautiful. It's everything that you want a beach town to look like and the people are incredibly friendly as well. So it was just a win-win for me. And and you've been there for two decades now. Um, Is it safe to consider you a local at this point? Oh, I think so. (laughs) I mean, you're going to have to check in with the true locals that are generations deep. But so far, I've gotten the green light. Uh I think it's safe to say you are. Uh, So Eat eat This, Shoot That combines a few things you're good at uh, between food recommendations and photography. Uh, Your Instagram bio says, eat like a local, shoot like a pro. Why do you think eating is as the locals eat is important for folks who visit? Well, a couple of reasons. One, you want to be supporting local business. And Santa Barbara doesn't have a whole lot of chain restaurants, so that's not really too difficult to do. But to truly eat like a local, you want to eat the best. You want to eat where the locals consider their favorites. And so when you come on a food tour with us, we're taking you to our favorite places. And we go there, not just for work. We're there on our off hours as well. Right, right. And can can you describe the general structure of your main Santa Barbara tour? How long is it? You know, like how many stops? Sure. So our tours are three hours in length and we visit seven to eight different eateries or uh, wine bars, breweries. So you get a nice general overall sense of the food scene in a particular neighborhood. And then we're teaching you how to take better food photos with your smartphone as we go. So that's just kind of a fun interactive bonus to every time we're at each place. And then you're learning a ton about the local culture and the history of the neighborhood, as well as a bit about Santa Barbara. And a lot of this is around Santa Barbara's funk zone, right? So we're going to need a local explanation of what that name, where that came from and what the funk zone actually is. (laughs) All right. So I'm giving you some secrets here already of what's actually (laughs) on the tour. But the funk zone uh, is now synonymous with the local art scene. This is the only city-sanctioned area of Santa Barbara where street art is allowed to happen. It's allowed to be out there on the walls. It's allowed to be nailed up on the telephone poles. You name it. That's really cool. So so in addition to the food and the other things, you're also getting kind of like an art tour as well, street art tour. Yeah, exactly. But that's not how the funk zone originally got its name. It originally got its name because right in the heart of this four block area was the original Santa Barbara fish market. Oh, (laughs) And on a hot day or even a warm day, that could really smell up the neighborhood by about four blocks, about the size of what the funk zone is. Oh, wow. That's really funny. But does that still exist? Does the fish market still funk it up in that way? Um, a tiny bit of the operation is still in that neighborhood, and uh, you'd be hard-pressed to really get too much of a whiff of fish. Right. But uh, when that was happening, when that fish market was still in operation in that neighborhood, that was also the haven and the living quarters for a lot of our local artisans and artists. So the shift from going from a fish market to an artist neighborhood um, kind of actually makes sense. Once the fish market left, it really got kind of took the arts uh, excuse me, the artists really took over the neighborhood. Right. I'm guessing rents were probably a little lower in the funk zone because of the funk. And now yes. it's funky in a different way. Exponentially lower. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, what's what's one or two places on that tour you think would be easy to overlook if a local didn't point you to it? 
Oh gosh. Number one would be Cutler's Artists and Spirits. It's Santa Barbara's first legal distillery since Prohibition. And they are serving up, of course, uh, some basic spirits, gin, vodka, whiskeys. But then they also have these incredible liqueurs. They have a coffee liqueur that is made from local coffee beans and an apple pie liqueur that is based off of the owner's grandmother's apple pie recipe. It's incredible. That's great. And what about another another spot that like, you know, we would as a visitor totally overlook unless somebody in the know really pointed it out to us? Another place that I would recommend would be Helena Avenue Bakery. Uh, They have some really inventive, unique, creative things on their menu that absolutely should not be missed. They have a wonderful breakfast and brunch, as well as some really great menus uh, items for lunch, like their Burrata BLT. Mm. Ooh, describe that. So it's exactly what you'd expect. It's a BLT. It's bacon, lettuce, tomato, and it's on their house-made bread and then a big fat round of burrata squished in there. And it is messy, but it is incredible. And I think what makes these eateries that we go to so great is that everybody's sourcing local. So no fried stuff, no pre-prepped stuff. It's it's a slow kitchen. It's made to order and it is as fresh as can be. It's so, so good. So Tara, what are some of the crowd favorites on your tour? Oh gosh, everybody walks away saying that they loved the tacos at Moni's Taqueria. It's this tiny hole-in-the-wall, family-run business where the family literally is in the kitchen cooking and serving the guests. And it's incredible street tacos as well as burritos and um, chilaquiles, you name it. They've got it on the menu, and everybody loves going there. I would say one of our other favorites on the tour is a visit to Florida Maiz. This is where we start our food tour in Santa Barbara. And we do this beautiful presentation of a duck mole taquito. Hmm. It's lovely to look at and it's even lovelier to eat. (laughs) You know, I I imagine, you know, taking a food tour like this would be a really great thing to do on your first day, you know, of your visit in Santa Barbara because you kind of get a little taste of everything going on. And then you can go back uh, during the rest of your visit to kind of get a more fuller uh, experience. Absolutely. Um, We always recommend that. And it's not just because we want to be the first thing you do so you don't miss us. But we actually get that, you know, you want to get the lay of the land before you go off and explore on your own. And this is a great way to get acquainted with a part of the neighborhood as well as the city and get a bunch of local insider tips before you head off on your own. Photography wise, what stands out on your tour is something that folks just have to get a picture of. You know, there's nothing like having a great food photo that is well lit and the composition is right. Now, Santa Barbara is beautiful. So if you can get the scenery in there or any kind of cool background in there, that is an added bonus. Um, Now, I know that we've seen a lot of food photos over the last several years, (laughs) thanks to Instagram. However, a large reason why we a lot of people come to Santa Barbara is they want to experience the stuff that they saw in the photos. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our job is to help you get photos that are as good as the ones that you saw in the magazines that got you to come here in the first place. So our goal on the tour is to help you really recreate those photos and not just the food photos. You know, as we go, we're open to helping um, help you create this beautiful photo story. 
Um, you also wrote a guidebook uh, called 100 Things to Do in Santa Barbara Before You Die. Uh, why don't we take a, a quick detour from food? What's one or two outdoorsy things uh, the locals know and love around Santa Barbara? Oh, gosh. My number one thing is to go check out Alice Keck Park. It's absolutely beautiful. There's a huge koi pond right in the middle of it. And it's this lovely botanic garden um, that is constantly in bloom year round, which I think is rare <laughs> mm-hmm. anywhere else in the country. And it's just, it's very serene, it's very peaceful, and it's actually surprisingly very quiet. And it's right in the center of the city. Um, not too far from Alice Keck Park is the, the courthouse. And the Santa Barbara Courthouse and Sunken Gardens is also right kind of smack in the middle of the city towards the original center of the city towards the Presidio. And it gives you a 360 degree view of the city from the very top of our clock tower there. It's free to go in and wander all throughout. It's covered in Spanish tile, beautiful tile work. And then there's even a 100, well, now it's probably over a hundred year old mural inside one of the courtrooms Hmm. telling the history of Santa Barbara. It's stunning. Yeah, no, it sounds, I think I've been to the Presidio there and it is, the view is, is pretty amazing. It's, it's just wonderful. Another opportunity to take some cool photos. Absolutely. And you also offer a tour uh, around the town of Solvang. What's, what's special about that area? Oh gosh. Well, Solvang looks like the back lot of Shrek. It is <laughs> incredibly unique. It's this tiny tucked away Danish centric town. And in fact, it's called California's Denmark. It's about 40 miles north of Santa Barbara definitely worthy of a day trip. And it's a lot of generational families still owning and operating their family businesses. And a lot of it, of course, is centered around food. So it's a lot of Danish (laughs) fare, like meat and potatoes and baked goods. What's one or two, you know, can't miss stops on that tour? I would say you can't go to Solvang without stopping for Abel Skeever. And Abel Skeever is kind of a crossbreed of a donut hole and a pancake. (laughs) So it's the shape of a donut hole, but it's really more of a pancake consistency. And it has this lovely little jam topping and powdered sugar. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, After that, I would go to Olson's Bakery because you can't have enough baked goods when you're in this town. And Olson's (laughs) is, uh, they are a champions basically at what they do they make these incredible kringles which is like a flaky layered croissant of sorts almost but it's got an almond paste in it and it looks like a giant pretzel it's wonderful absolutely can't miss sounds great and you can always walk off the calories just walking around town exactly (laughs) well you know before we wrap up tara i imagine living in a place like santa barbara friends and family are always finding excuses to visit. So what, what, some is, what is some advice that you have or local perspective you have that you find yourself routinely giving whenever people come to visit? Oh gosh. Well, we always tell them to go wine tasting because this is wine country as well. I know there's several wine country areas in California. I'm a little biased. I think this is the best one. <laughs> so I tell everyone to go out and visit um, the wineries as much as they possibly can while they're in town. But if they want to, I should, I say go to the valley, just take a little trip up north to the San Inez Valley and treat yourself to a beautiful day of wine tasting in the vineyards and eating some um, lovely artisan, local artisan um, foods at different restaurants. And then I also tell them to take to the high seas because 
This is a really mellow part of the ocean because of our topography here. And so this is a great spot pretty much any day of the week to go uh, stand up paddleboarding or kayaking or even just set sail on something like the Double Dolphin out of Santa Barbara Sailing Center. Well, Tara, this has really been great. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us on California Now. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Tara Jones-Hoff runs the tour company Eat This, Shoot That online at eatthisshootthat.com and on Instagram at ETSTFoodTour. She's also the author of the guidebook 100 Things to Do in Santa Barbara Before You Die. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. For recommendations from a San Diego local, you'd be hard-pressed to top Alexia de la Parra. She was born in San Diego, grew up in Tijuana, and founded Art Alexia, an amazing gift shop specializing in Mexican folk art and handmade goods. Art Alexia is located in North Park, a must-visit neighborhood for anyone coming to this part of the state. Welcome to California Now, Alexia. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So you grew up with that sort of cross-border identity Uh, the San Diego area is known for. Tell us a bit about that experience. Yeah, it was really cool to be, you know, living in Tijuana, going to school in San Diego, cross the border every day. It it was really common. I had million carpools to choose from. You'd be at the border, (laughs) you'd see your friends. Um, It was, it was fun experience to, to be able to live on both sides and get to experience the, the very different cultures. Yeah. So how did you get inspired uh, to start a business that really centers on that part of your life? Um, well, I, so growing up in Tijuana, I was constantly going to markets, traveling around Mexico, visiting family, and again, going to markets out there. So I was constantly seeing this folk art that I was just drawn to. And I was living in New York uh, coming back to San Diego. And as I drove cross country, I went through New Mexico and stopped in Santa Fe where they have a ton of cute, charming little shops full of uh, folk art. And so as I continued driving back to San Diego, I was trying to find like what my next phase would be, what I would be doing. And it just so happened that the economy was not doing well. Mexico had become quite dangerous. And there was a need for this product to be brought over because people weren't going over there. And a lot of these artisans really depend on the tourism. So I I took a trip with uh, my family to Guadalajara to visit other family and brought back some pieces and had a, a party at home, sold it, and then decided to continue doing that and and starting a booth at a farmer's market. Hmm. So, yeah, it just it took on a life of its own. I really didn't know when I did this I wasn't thinking of owning a shop. I just thought, "Hey, let me get some product. You know, maybe let's do some wholesale. Let's see where this goes." And it quickly just took on a life of its own. And within a year, it just I opened my first brick and mortar. So, Alexia, I was wondering if you could just kind of like walk us through your store. If I walked in, what would I see? Oh, color, 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 <laughs> color. Um, even before you walk in. So we 
have worked with muralist Shannon Fulton, and she is so extremely talented. We worked with her on our branding. And when we moved to North Park, we worked with her on some creating some murals for Art Alexia. So on the exterior, we have, um, it's called You Are Radiant Mural. I don't know how many people are out there each and every day taking selfies in front of this beautiful mural. It's so mm. colorful. We even had the neighbors across the way tell us, oh, it's so beautiful to look out our window and we get to see the mural and all the people that that are taking photos there. People come and they do their engagement announcements, their graduation photos. <laughs> We've seen different, you know, birthday celebrations. So that part, like right from the exterior, right. you're, you're drawn in with that, that mural. It's and like a cultural it, landmark, your store. Definitely. And then you, you come inside and we have another giant mural inside. It's the Love Yourself mural with Frida Kahlo. And that one is, I, I don't know, it's got to be like 15 feet tall, beautiful, and another another place to come and take your, your selfie. But um, so you walk in and we have, it, it's, the shop is chock full. So it's not one of those minimalist places. I mean, it, it's just like <laughs> jam packed with product, but done very tastefully, um, you know, so it's not overwhelming. And um, we have paper flowers everywhere. We have the furniture is all traditional wood furniture. And then it, it it's cool because then we have like modern pieces in them. So you have, you definitely feel like you've been transported to Mexico because of the furniture, the planters, but then you're, you, we have, I mean, we have so many different things. We have uh, an amazing selection of cookbooks of children's bilingual books. Uh, we have salsas and moles and chocolates Um so there, it, it's just, there, there's so much in there and so much to see. And you're literally just, people will come in and they'll tell me, I've been in here for an hour. just like, And every time I, I do another lap, I, I catch something new because mm. there, there's so much to see. So it's really, it's a lot of eye candy for sure. It smells delicious because of all the coffees and the chocolates we have, um, candles. We also have... Um, we carry paletas, so popsicles. So we have a really cool freezer that's all decorated and then a big board above it with all the flavors available for that day. Um, so that that's a fun little added bonus to the shop to enjoy a paleta while, while you're walking around shopping. It almost sounds like, um, you know, like a little mini uh, trip to Mexico right there in San Diego. Totally. And and that was a whole idea behind it. I wanted people to come in and feel transported. We have people come in all the time and they've, they've told us I, I was brought to tears or I feel, you know, really happy, but I also am remembering, you know, having memories of my childhood or my grandmother, or my, my Thea, or, you know, I, I'm remember, I'm reminded of home and it's brought back all these feelings. So it definitely evokes emotion. Uh, so that's always nice to hear when somebody says that and, and that we're, we've been able to create that and, and share that little piece of home um, with our guests. 
So you've been in the neighborhood now for a few years, um, and it's almost become kind of like this this destination over the last few years in already uh, an attractive destination that is San Diego, right? Yes, definitely. The community for sure is just so lovely there in North Park. I felt it right as I moved there. Um, I So I moved there in 2016 and, um, you know, it was, we knew it was an up and coming neighborhood and fast forward now, 2021 you know, we have so many more uh, places that are being built, you know, and we have people, the foot traffic is just phenomenal. They recently just completed these protected bike lanes. Really, the changes are amazing. It's great walkability. You can ride your bikes there. Uh, so it's nice to see to see this and that people, more and more people are finding out about it and all, all of these special little places again because we are all really mom and pop small business owners and almost every business you go to the owner's going to be there and i hear that the neighborhood north park is a really great place for mexican food and craft beer i mean what are a few of the places that you recommend when people ask you like where should i go eat or where should i have a beer around here Oh, so many places. If you're coming um, to visit North Park, I would start the day. We have really great coffee shops. We have Wholesome. We have Dark Horse. Um, If you're looking to eat, like you said, Mexican food, there's El Comal. Comal. Um, And they have really good comida caseras, like home-style food. So a lot of really good, like caldo de pollo, uh, tamales. Their tamales are are phenomenal. They have like the traditional and the Oaxacan tamales. Um, pretty much anything you get there will be really good. Um, mm. My husband and I love going to have uh, Mexican food there with them, mm. and it's a family-run business. Uh, they're great breweries all around us. Um, I mean, every at every other location I feel is a brewery there, so you have <laughs> quite quite a few to choose from. So it's a fun neighborhood to come. Yeah. Walk around. And well, what's eat like? What's your shop. favorite? What's say your favorite brewery? Oh, right in front of me, California Tap Room. Uh, they have quite a few. I I think what sets them apart is that they have a little bit of everything. So they have every, they they sell every brewery's beer there. So some of these other breweries, you might only go get their beer, but mm-hmm. California Tap Room. The owner, first of all, the owner Boomer is the happiest, nicest guy you'll meet. Like every dude's nobody can say anything bad about him. Like he's just always smiling, always waving, always, you know, bringing pretzels to all of us. So they sell beer and pretzels <laughs> and um, they have, uh, they play sports there as well. You'll see, like, I don't know what team it is, but <laughs> you know when they're playing because you'll just hear the screams coming out and everybody's dressed up. And it's, it's just a really fun place to go hang out at. How about one more uh, place, either for food or drink, that you really like? Maybe one that, su- that would surprise people. They wouldn't expect to find that in North Park. Um, Shank and Bone is, is a really good one. Um, there's Dunedin, which is, um, I think it's Australian or New Zealand. Uh, their food is, is really good. They have a fun vibe there. Underbelly has ramen. That's always fun. There's always a line out the door. 
we have a place right around the corner from the shop, which we're so excited about. And they, it's called Senor, uh, Senor Mangos. And they sell fruit plates, like traditional Mexican fruit plates. And they have all different types of agua, agua, agua fresca. So um, like juices and mm-hmm, smoothies, mm-hmm. licuados. Super great addition to the neighborhood. Everybody's really happy about it. Just that a sounds... great place to go get a a nice refreshing lunch. Right, right. So what is a, a traditional Mexican fruit plate? Uh, so there's there's two types. I like the kind that, um, so for example, the one I get all the time is is um, mango, jicama, pepino, uh, cucumber. It has melon. And on top of it, it has like spicy chili sauce that they have, lemon or not lime, uh, limon, l- lime, salt. Uh, it might have like chamoy or tajin, depends how you want it. But that I remember as a child when I lived in Tijuana, there'd be m- like uh, men on the corner with a little stand, like a cart and chopping up these fruits and they'd put it, you know, in a little plate for you and you would take it. So something I grew up eating all the time when I lived there. And so it's nice to to have that here. Uh, Sounds like a little taste of home, right? Absolutely. It's so good. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. Mine too. Uh, (laughs) And and it's not just food and drinks. I mean, there's plenty of other cool shops around too. So what are a few that you like to send people to in the neighborhood? Uh, Pigment is one of the, like the big ones. They have a little bit of everything. Um, and they're right at the, the corner, the next corner from me. And there you can get, uh, they're really known for their plants, actually their plants and their planters, their succulents, and they have cute gifty items. So candles and cards, things like that. Right, right. Do, do you find that, you know, guests come into your shop and ask for recommendations on a pretty consistent basis? All the time. They're always <laughs> asking because we get a lot of people who who come and are checking out the neighborhood and, you know, they just want they want to make sure they don't miss anything. So, I, I mean, there's so many little places tucked in. For example, there's one place called Bottlecraft. I love Bottlecraft. So Bottlecraft not only has beer but it has a great selection of natural wine which i love so i love going to bottlecraft to get um some natural wine and then in the back they have a cheese shop but from the outside you wouldn't know it hmm. but if you walk to the back they have the most amazing selection of cheeses it's called benissimo cheese and so i'll go and sometimes i might get a small cheese platter to go or you know if i'm having people over you can get giant cheese platters and they're so beautifully done it's my favorite place to go to in in north park that is a great tip because again you would never know just walking past the front door right so that's something you really have to go to somebody like you to find out about yes for sure (laughs) so so who are your guests um are they locals who come to shop or is it really people from all over california or from around the world i mean who comes to shop at your at your place I have I have both. I'm very fortunate. I, I definitely get a lot of locals, but then I do have a lot of people that we have coming in to visit us from all over the US that follow us on our social media. And we have many times people will tell us, we based our trip around coming to your shop. We want to, you know, we're coming from Chicago, we're coming from Brooklyn, or we get people who plan 
girls trips or they'll email us and they're saying, Hey, it's, you know, my birthday and I really want to come here. You know, what else do you, and I get that all the time. People asking, we're planning a trip to San Diego to visit your shop. Do you, can you recommend a hotel to stay at or, you know, some restaurants to, to check out while we're in the neighborhood. So again, so we get asked all the time for that. And it, you'd feel so, so special yeah. that that's, that that's what they're planning. That's really great. Well, you know, it sounds like your shop is really like one of the centers or the hearts of the North Park neighborhood. So whatever you end up doing, um, I really wish you luck. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on today as a small business owner. All of this means so much and it's such a huge help and getting the word out there and, and, you know, supporting small business is so much appreciated. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Alexia de la Parra is the founder of Art Alexia in North Park, online at artalexia.com. That's art, E-L-E-X-I-A dot com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope you enjoyed this episode and to get a chance to hit the road soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. And please check out our website, visitcalifornia.com. It has everything you need to plan a dream trip to the Golden State. That's visitcalifornia.com.